Hello and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is my co-host and good friend, Blake. Hey, Jordan. How you doing? I'm doing good. Pretty That's good. That's good. Happy to hear it. Uh, sitting here with a gin and tonic with a little, little bit of flat tonic water, but surprisingly oh, good. I'm sorry your tonic is flat. I actually don't uh, have know. a gin and tonic Had to be used. with me. But I was planning to make one after the podcast. I'm more of a post-podcast. A post-podcast? Drink, yeah. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm feeling it, I'll I've got a nice make plastic a drink cup full of water. During yeah, the I mean, I always have at least some liquid because I get, get that uh, dry mouth. <laughs> you know, the thing you got to know about me is I always have at least some liquid. <laughs> That's what you got to yes, know that- about Jordan, <laughs> is that he's always got some liquid. Hey, anyone who's seen me give a presentation... <laughs> Always a glass of water there. Okay, this is this is irrelevant. We're here not to talk about my drinking habits, uh, <laughs> but to talk about a game uh, that is called What Goes Up. This is a game by Lonebot, which is a team of three designers, namely Maddie Ernst, Edemar Ernst, and Yodem Freed. Um, the game was created with a Game Maker's Toolkit Jam 2018, which is the game jam that, jam that Mark Brown does for his YouTube series, Game Maker's Toolkit. Um, which we have evangelized before about before, but still, yes, if you, we're both if you good friends. If you still, good, if you listen friends, to this good, podcast, big fans of, yeah, I wish I, I wish was good, we friends good friends with Mark friends. Brown, but seems like a good guy. He's very British. <laughs> he, does, he does seem like a good guy. His, his, uh, I forget on something, his, Maybe it's Twitter. Isn't his handle British Gaming? Uh, yeah, something like that. It's British <laughs> Gamer or British Gaming or something. Um, yeah, so this game is made for that uh, game jam, the, and there's a theme each year. The theme for this year was uh, create a game that fits in a familiar genre, video game genre, but that lacks a key mechanic that appears in most games of that genre. So in this game we have a platformer without falling mm-hmm. um which is an interesting way to remove something from platformers you know that's mm. you don't really think of gravity in a platformer as being a like mechanic but yeah. it is certainly one of the most basic like features of the like game systems well uh, upon which platformers are built yeah i think it's it's a very gravity is a large part of physics, which is kind of like the centerpiece <laughs> of basically every platformer is like, yeah. but it's, it's weird cause it's very central, but it's like not explicit. I think because it's physics and it's just like, literally this is how the world works, uh, in our world. And mm-hmm. so the sort of, uh, uh, it's sort of an implicit thing that it's not, it's, it's, it's so uh, natural that it's not really considered a mechanic. It's only really considered a mechanic when you take it away, like in this game or, yeah. I mean, there are other games. Although, that yeah, sort of I mean, it is, it is true that it's like a, it's sort of a everyday banal thing mm-hmm. to us, but like in platformers themselves, mm-hmm. I, I, it's like jumping that is yeah, yeah. usually the, the way it, it takes a, the form of a mechanic. Yeah, I mean, even even the the act of jumping does not exist without gravity, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to think of gravity as a mechanic because it seems like it isn't because it's just so uh, I guess not obvious. It's like inherent to the idea of like running and jumping, like moving it's, through space. Yeah. yeah, moving through space is that physics of some sort apply? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about that I hadn't really thought about with platformers before is that like, oh yeah, because you, you think of something like VVVVV where obviously gravity is a mechanic there because you're changing gravity, so it's sort of... Wait, I don't know what this is. VVVV. You don't know VVV? Oh, come on, no, Jordan. Dude, what is this? It's a touch Looking point. It up. Uh, it's a, you know, like a classic indie game where uh, it's like a platformer, but you flip the gravity. Actually, you might not even be able to jump. I don't remember. But... It's like five oh, interesting. G's. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's like uh, this game reminded me of. Oh, that's clever. VVB because yeah. the whole thing is that the you flip the gravity as you jump around. Um, 
I feel like yeah. similar, similar ideas have been uh, done with like magnetism instead of gravity. So rather than you having like sure. explicitly flipping gravity, you have changes in magnetism. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a yeah. I mean, there are lots of. I think there are like multiple puzzle platformers that include gravity reversals. I know Limbo has spoilers has one puzzle that entails that. Mm, and I think okay. uh, you ever play the Swapper? I think it had some gravity reversal oh stuff i would believe it i never f- i didn't get very far in the swapper i do own it and i played like 20 minutes once and then i don't know i got distracted or <laughs> it wasn't even that i didn't like it it's just that it might i might not even played 20 minutes i might have played five minutes and then wasn't sometimes i get these little things where it's like oh i need to play a new game i'll dig through one of the bazillion indie games that i own on steam and have never touched <laughs> and i'll play it for like two minutes and be like this is not the game for me right now i'll go try a different one yeah uh, sometimes you just and then it usually ends up being not any of them because the real problem is is that i just like am searching for something to i'm i'm trying to feel fill a hole an emptiness yeah and no game can fill my <laughs> hole. damn it sounds dark when you put it that way but i actually know what you it mean is like dark. sometimes sometimes you're looking for just a very like specific kind mm. of computer interaction and no game yeah. you play is the one you're looking for and it's yes. like damn yeah that's uh i get those every once in a while where it's like it's usually right after i finish a game that i've been playing for a long time then i'll just kind of like it actually happened like last weekend i finished uh, what i finished i finished spider-man the new spider-man game uh and it was kind of like all right what am i gonna play now oh let me load up my steam library and play a billion things i played the first episode of kentucky route zero and uh oh yeah yeah i'm gonna gonna, uh i was gonna ask you what you think about that but if i do that then i'll just start talking about kentucky root zero that's also not this game (laughs) so let's talk more about what what goes up up. which is actually something i do have a lot of thoughts about oh okay um yeah so maybe it'd be worth just like explaining the core mechanics of the game so Mm -hmm. your goal is just to get you know as in many puzzle platformers from point a to point b uh, point A being where you start and point B being a little gold trim door. Um, in order to enter the door, um, well, that's getting ahead of myself. Uh, <laughs> in order to move through the level, you can jump. Uh, if you jump, you'll float in the air rather than go up and go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to move it, down, I think, you usually I think have it, to get a ladder. Yeah, it's important that uh, everything in this game exists on like a a fixed grid, and your movement is on a fixed grid. Yeah, that's uh, true. It is uh, so. Yeah. So when you hit the jump button, you move up like one tile in the grid uh, yeah. from the bottom of the screen. Uh, but you'll just float there, and you can continue. Sort of your little character just does like a little cannonball, and you're just kind of like rolling around in the air. And you can still move yes. left and right with freedom, but you can't. Yeah. Uh, move yeah. up any higher, and you. You can't go you can't down, back down. Uh, but if you float over to something where your feet would be touching the ground, something that's one uh, unit below you, then you will go back to standing and you can jump uh, again. Yes. Uh, but while so, you're in this floating state and there's nothing under you, you cannot jump. Yeah, so th- you can ascend by basically using, w- if the level is shaped like, a, like stairs, then you mm-hmm. can ascend that way. And then the only way to descend is either to use a ladder, which you'll encounter in the first level, Mm -hmm. or then two or three levels in, it adds a grapple hook, which uh, you can, so you move with the arrow keys and then you can shoot your grapple hook in any of the four cardinal directions with WASD. Mm -hmm. um, And it can hook onto wood, but not metal. So there's a little bit of like tactical, not tactical, but a little bit of like puzzling relating to the placement of, the spots you can hook onto and Mm -hmm. if you hook a wood tile you'll just go adjacent to it sure no matter how far away it is yeah so your goal is to move around the levels using those those movement constraints and uh it can it can be quite tricky sometimes yeah yeah i mean it is kind of a, a classic like puzzle platformer or i guess puzzle game where it's uh sort of you introduce you get introduced to these mechanics in very like simple levels. And then of Mm -hmm. course it escalates and adds new things like blocks that can be moved and the grapes and spikes and all kinds of fun. Like classic shout out to puzzle gamer puzzle games. The Mm. cubes are called companion cubes. Yeah. Yes. Reference to portal. Well, I don't think they're explicit. I think there's just a level with two of the little 
cubes. Well, yeah, there's the level with one of the cubes cubes. is called companion cube, and then the next level has two of them. It's called two companion cubes. Oh, really? I think I I think uh, I think think the implication. Okay. It wasn't until that uh, second one that I realized that there were even level names. So for the first like, oh yeah, yeah, I didn't realize the first few either. Um, But anyway, so the game just you know is you moving through these levels they get progressively harder new mechanics come and then you you play the play the levels it's yeah. good do it yeah it is good uh, um what's yeah, your opening I, thought I, uh my opening thought is that it does a good well i i guess just following the ordering of the levels themselves mm-hmm. i i i thought it was nice um that the very first level uh, it, in, if you move left or right, you will immediately encounter a gap. Mm-hmm. So it's like a a kind of you know classic moment where just moving through the level, you'll kind of learn how the mechanics work. Yeah, where it's like you if you try to jump or you see the gap, you're like, I should try to jump. You jump, you don't fall down. You're like, oh, I understand this game. Yeah, it's it actually. I'm glad you brought that up because it um. For a game jam game, uh, this game was very refined in in my oh yeah in my uh, mind. So either these developers are very experienced or they're just good. Uh, it it yeah. felt I had no expectation of the level of uh, of refinement and sort of completeness. Like it even has an ending, which I don't want to talk about yet. Uh, but it's very good. <laughs> uh, but it, I don't know this game like. I feel like a lot of puzzle games uh, that we've played for this podcast that it kind of exist on a similar scale or were also made for game jams. Um, they'll have uh, uh, good ideas, but they won't necessarily be ordered super in like a great way. Like I know I, I don't mean to like call out, uh, you know, games that aren't <laughs> as good at this, but uh, you know, in tiny towns we remarked that that third level was like really tough and then yeah, yeah. Uh, many of the later levels were actually much easier. Much easier. Um, yeah, that's true. This one really has a, a curve. Like the yeah. first few are quite easy. In fact, the first, and then the, and then they get a little harder and a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say the last few levels it wasn't totally linear. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not totally it, linear, but I still feel like I I think the very last puzzle was probably still the hardest. And yes. the next hardest was, you know, only four or five before that. Well, I'm curious what you do. You remember which level you thought was the second hardest? I agree that the last one, level 22, was hardest. Ah, uh, God, I'm trying to think of what. I, I don't remember the, what it the was. The next called. hardest for me was level 20, which is called Misaligned. That's the one oh, where there's, there's yep, two that's ladders. That's what I was thinking of. And that two one cubes. was a bastard, an absolute I, bastard. So this is jumping ahead a little bit, but maybe that's fine. That mm-hmm. level, I uh, I was like beating my head on that one. Yeah. But that was a real eureka level for oh, me. Oh, yeah. I had, like, I had a few like, of those. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh-huh. So um, the last level was hard, but I didn't feel like there was ever a... I mean, because there's kind of multiple layers to solving it, uh-huh. I didn't ever feel like there was a eureka moment where I understand how to solve the whole thing. It was kind of like, sure. okay, do I do this. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. then I do this. Whereas... That one, misaligned level twenty. I was just like making zero progress yep, the whole yep. time, mm-hmm. and then I immediately realized that you can. It just hadn't occurred to me that you can, like, I should be trying to pull the cube to the center, th- like to the center through mm-hmm. the yep. across the door across the yep. And then I, I, as soon as I thought that, I was like, okay, so how would I do that? And then mm-hmm. I figured it out from there. Yeah, I had a very similar, and that's, uh, again, that's kind of what I mean by it refined. I feel like a lot of these puzzle, smaller puzzle games that we play, they'll have mm-hmm. interesting ideas and be cool and have challenging puzzles. But uh, I feel like we're always talking about, and every puzzle game and every puzzle platformer especially is always, like, fighting for that uh, portal moment, you know, where it's like you have these <laughs> puzzles that are, you just have no idea what's going on and then it all clicks into place and you feel like a genius and i feel like especially at this scale it's very hard to 
make games that have enough mechanical complexity or have enough time to let you get the depth of understanding of their puzzle mechanics to have those moments. So for mm-hmm. that to happen in a game jam game that overall took, you know, uh, I mean, it probably took me an hour to play, but to have those like more than one, at least one, but also I, I had two. There's another level that I had a similar uh, thing with. It was the level taxi. Uh, which was a bit earlier on, but that one gave me some g- gave me some trouble. But anyway, to have those moments uh, in such a small game was like, oh wow, this is Impressive. like a very yeah. well thought out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because was- like, yeah, I mean, game jam games usually have like like one good idea, like mm-hmm. one really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's not a, a rule, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you have two days, it's usually like you have a good idea and then you work it out. Yep. This one, I felt like. Uh, it was refined as a whole game almost like there was the one good idea you know you don't fall yeah and then they kind of like they thought through that they're like okay so what are the implications for not falling mm-hmm. yeah uh, and suddenly they- ladders become very important suddenly the locations you're able to grapple very important yeah. suddenly the being able to place blocks in certain spots to prevent yourself from going too far up yeah matters a lot yeah uh, there's a there's a lot of things that uh they add on to that are like simple things seemingly but that uh like really explode the amount of possibilities and also the like ways and that it can uh trick you and be really tricky um mm-hmm. but I, I actually i'm glad you mentioned the the grapple because when I first got the grapple, I actually wrote in my notes, this is like early on, I was like, the grapple almost nullifies the whole no jumping thing. Because there are a few mm-hmm. puzzles that like right after they give you the grapple, it's just like, all right, okay, this game's easy, 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 easy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I uh, pretty quickly took that back after I got to, uh, <laughs> I think once I, once you, once they added the blocks that you can pull around or that pull yeah. you, that's kind of when I yeah. was like, oh, okay. So this isn't just like a shortcut to being like, oh, you can't jump, but you can grapple around so you can still move in directions you want to. But then adding those, the moving blocks that I think the key to the moving blocks is the, that they, if you are standing, that they come to you. Yes. And if you are not standing, that you go to them. Well, if That's, it's uh, your if you're basically like anchored onto something, so it's standing or yeah, on standing a ladder. Or on a ladder, yeah, 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 yeah. Which the ladder one, yeah. uh, I didn't realize for a while, and that, that I didn't was either. That was key. not, yeah. That's the one. If I had one mm-hmm. like critique of this game, it's that like it does a, a marvelous job of like uh, teaching you its new mechanics, you know, incrementally, and for the most part without tutorial. I think pretty much the only tutorials it tells you grapple hook WASD. Yep. Uh, uh, besides that, it's pretty much like just by fumbling your way through a relatively easy level, you learn the new mechanics. Um, but the the I didn't understand the what exactly was controlling whether or not I go to the block or the block comes to me until I had mm. played around with it for a while. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if that's just yeah, me. I, I kind of figured out that like while st- I knew that like I had to be standing, w- I just didn't figure out that I could be on the ladder and still you pull could use them the ladder for the same way. Yeah. 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 Um, which especially in like the last level becomes uh very important. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, like probably the last like five levels. You have to use that in some way. Oh yeah. 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 It's definitely like, well, I don't know. I, now, now, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, uh, it's probably mandatory that you have to figure that out. It has to be right. Yeah, it has to be because I mean, like the. I mean, it definitely is. Eventually, I don't know if it's mandatory to figure that out in the first level when you. Sure, sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the misaligned one with the two ladders. Like you have to. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have the the placement of the ladder matters because of you have to think about where specifically in space the Mm. the cube is stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, one thing I was thinking about this level is like how, or this, not this level, this game is how much like development the game could, like how much further they could develop this idea. Like you could really have some incredibly complicated levels. Yeah, uh, I mean, already the uh, the the final level. Uh, oof, I actually I actually tricky. think the final level is when the the game sort of uh, its refinement gives way a little bit to. 
uh, how complex they make it. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is not to say that, uh, well, not to say that it's less refined, just that uh, that amount of possibilities, like, it would be easier, it would be less frustrating to navigate with, like, something that had a, a little bit more, like, maybe just a single undo, so that when I do the one, mm. like, I make a move that totally fucks me over and oh, I can't move, I rather, rather than, than having, having to restart, restart the level and spend, you know, a minute and a half getting all the blocks back into the position I just had them, which I felt like was, yeah. uh, like, one move away from finishing the puzzle, uh... That you know that was pretty frustrating. I actually saw on the itch page. I saw someone comment like, "This game is great. Please add undo." And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with whoever commented that. Uh, that mm. if you if you decide to take this game uh, further, that that uh, an undo would be very nice. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you know that actually, you know that in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it'd be weird to have an undo button in an actual platformer yeah because of like you know gravity happens mm-hmm. uh you know in real time frame by frame rather than like yep like in i don't know what the word i'm looking for is like effectively turn-based like uh-huh. this game it's almost like a turn-based puzzle because sure. there's no like ongoing movement process it's running. discrete rather than continuous yeah 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 perfect discrete rather than continuous which i guess i is sort of a fun a fun fact about how platformers work that this game sort of draws attention to that like the really the only continuous uh process in most platformers is gravity like if you jump and then put the controller down something keeps happening yeah Whereas in this one it's it's yeah and also only, only when what i mean by something sort of discrete versus continuous is that like when i press right for you know i move one unit like that is yep. kind of what i yeah, mean by discrete true. like it's specifically uh dissected so that it's like the this exact input gives this exact output whereas you know holding on to a stick uh i guess it still does the same thing technically, technically on a, on a technical well, the, level the difference is like uh if it's perceptible on a human level right yeah like, exactly i mean like, normally i'm like something like the level of a pixel or something it is still yeah i mean like computers are discrete but but you know, they, this is really they like simulate continuousness by uh getting down to such a scale that a human they, can't tell the, the difference humans just smooth it into yeah as if it were analog yeah, yeah and that's actually i i i now that i'm thinking about it i'm actually kind of sad that i didn't think about this more while i was playing it so i could have a more fully formed thought here but uh <laughs> I'm I'm guessing if I were to go back with this in mind that this sort of like continuous single space or like discrete single space movement is actually like pretty core to the design of this game and like already clearly it is but I I, I kind of want to go back and play this like thinking specifically how uh, certain scenarios would work or not work uh, in a game where you could move you know you're not on a fixed grid for movement right because uh, mm. I think there, there's I'm I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like there's got to be a specific reason why they did that, right? Uh, other why they than did it, the fixed grid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like other than it makes it, uh, like it simplify, or maybe the whole thing is this: is that it simplifies and makes clear the whole moving of blocks and how far it's going to move and 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 all that. But um, yeah, it'd be I interesting mean, if I had to sort to think- of go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, if I had to think of uh, like a aesthetic or like play reason rather than a technical reason why they did that. Mm-hmm. It seems like um the there's kind of like two styles of puzzle game. This is definitely oversimplification, but the like mm-hmm. is there one si- solution or are there many? Is there more than one? And sometimes if you're playing a one solution puzzle game, mm-hmm. it just feels more kind of like tightly oiled and mm-hmm. a, a perfect sort of system when it's like discreet in this way. Yeah. And also uh, another thing that it helps with is with something like this, where you have like spike traps and stuff, uh, you have a lot more fine control about whether or not you are stepping on spike traps, uh, which yeah. <laughs> makes it a little bit less frustrating uh 
than like you know a standard platformer because there are several instances in this game where you have to jump on the square right next to some spikes in order to complete or to do whatever the game wants you to do and so in a in a game where you didn't have like these discrete units of movement you there's a you know a pretty solid probability that you'd be running into the spikes to do it or maybe they are allowed to sort of have more fun and sort of push the limits of like having you operate very close to danger by having a more uh you know discreet way of being like all right you're either not in danger or in danger and based on your movements and one movement will move you into danger from not in danger you know uh yeah yeah so i think i'm sure the the like kind of what i'm trying to get at is like i think going back into this game with all of this in mind i think i would find a lot of like little reasons where it's like oh yes this is another reason that supports uh that this game being on a fixed grid was the right choice for it sure sure right um yeah um yeah i mean this is a game that i uh i feel like you could it like there there are a lot of levels that you there is enough kind of like elegance to their design that it would be fruitful to go back and just like look at literally mm. every tile of the grid and think yeah, about why really they break it down it that way like yeah it's like it's clear that they at least some of these levels they put like a lot of thought in us to them yeah and it's uh, again that's like that kind of keeps tying back into this like completeness is that mm. you know in a game jam game it's like I don't know. Most of the time I think of people scrambling to get something and like at, at a certain point you're at your wits end and you're just trying to get something done. But this game doesn't ever feel like that. It all feels very like meticulous. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see, like I'm always curious with game jam games about this, like how much of it existed before and how much of it, uh, yeah. like was totally thought up during the actual jam. Well, I they mean, technically have a um, much. Yeah, they have that time lapse. I didn't watch. They it. have the time lapse, and it looks like some of their uh, may maybe like assets in the levels themselves they already had. But yeah, that's kind of what I like. My I wouldn't be surprised if they had like a two D platformer that existed and had this art style and these sound effects, uh-huh. uh, and that they repurposed them and took away the jump and were like, okay, what can we do now? Uh, uh-huh. But anyway, either either way, it doesn't doesn't change the fact that, you know, it's still a, a, a jam game where there's just kind of like rapid iteration, crazy creativity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's all yeah. game jam. It seems games. super fun cool. to do a game jam. Yeah. Edgeguard game, game jam, jam next year. Uh, there are game jams all the time. Like, yeah, well, if you go, on, go on itch. Let's do a I game gotta, jam, Jordan. <laughs> I got to learn to. I, I my meager game, twine game studio. That's true. We could game jam a twine game. We could do a lot of things. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk off uh, off the record. Uh, off camera. Oh yeah, or, or whatever this thing is. This off, microphone off the mic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Off the record. <laughs> um, um. Uh. Okay. So one other thing I wanted to talk about with this game, I don't know exactly what I'll have to say, but is I, I'm very interested in like how genre works like as a concept works differently in games than in like other media. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, in other, most other media, when you say, when you're describing the genre of something, Mm -hmm. you're describing the kind of like expectations about the narrative, what will happen, what kinds of people are here. Uh, whereas Mm -hmm. genres and games, that's often a description of like what kinds of motions, you interactions, do. mechanics, things mm-hmm. you do. So mm-hmm. you might have a platformer that's sci-fi and a platformer that's fantasy and a sure. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I the the ending to this game that you referred to briefly, mm-hmm. I I thought was funny. I laughed oh, at it I, because it's sort of a it's sort of a, a clever way of it's like playing with genre as a concept, right? Cause it's mm, okay. the, the whole game is, is built around changing your expectations for platformers. Like yep. you expect to fall. Yeah. You play 22 levels where you don't fall. And now yep. it's, it's fully 
acclimated you to this new way of interacting with a platformer. Then it gives and you then, a big middle finger. And then the ending, so you finish level 22 and level 23, quote unquote, is just two platforms separated by a big gap uh, and the, the exit's on the other side. And you, you're like, oh, well, I'll just walk across. Mm. And then about halfway through walking through space, gravity becomes Clicks a thing. on and you fall and down. Stumble, and you just fall. And, <laughs> and then, then the game ends. The end. I, I literally laughed out loud. Uh, I did too. <laughs> when that happened. And I uh, just wrote ending A plus at the bottom of my, uh, <laughs> of my sheet of notes. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it, that's another one of those things where it's like, it's a game jam game. They're probably, you know, scrambling to finish it. And, but having like an ending is such a nice little touch and like a good one at that rather than just like, I was kind of expecting it. It's kind of like the Mario thing where after you beat Bowser, you still have to like walk to the end or whatever. Right. Uh, mm. and then, yeah, yeah, that's true. You do. <laughs> but then, uh, so I'm like, Oh, okay. It's just like a little victory lap type thing. No, it's so much better. It's totally subverts <laughs> expectations. It's very good. Um, but uh, I, 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 more in your conversation about sort of genre, uh, it is kind of interesting, though. I think a lot of games end up uh, being split and sort of having two genres in, in the way that they have sort of their like thematic topical genre which mm-hmm. is the uh you know the subject matter or whatever and then they're sort of like mechanical gameplay genre right so yeah. you you sort of uh have uh it existing like sort of the the thematic genre which is uh, cl- more closely related to like a you know a film's genre you know it's like a horror mm-hmm. game uh but then you have the 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 mechanical genre i mean you get something like uh, resident evil 4 it's like a an action horror game or like a you yeah. know, it's, it's always a uh, mechanic plus, uh, like theme or generally, uh, yeah. but then you yeah, also I, go ahead. Oh, well you can finish your thought. I was going to say, you also get games that are like strictly mechanical and kind of, I feel like it's not super common, but you get games that really their art style kind of exists as like an abstraction or not an ex- or, abstraction. They just exist ab- abstractly as a way to be like, Okay, here's just mechanics, raw mechanics. You know, something yeah, like Geometry yeah. Wars is like barely mm-hmm. an aesthetic. It mostly is just uh, a light layer of like artifice on top of like uh, a game that's really 100% about uh, mechanical satisfaction and depth. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested in the ways that like designers try to like integrate the two of them. Because, I mean, so we mentioned Swapper earlier. That's a great example of a game that, you know, this is just my armchair theory, but it's, mm-hmm. I, if I had to guess, mechanic preceded yeah. plot in that game. Like, mm-hmm. it's, um, the, they were like, they had this idea for how you can kind of duplicate or tr- transport your avatar. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, what would it mean to take that kind of, Mm-hmm. like way of controlling a body literally yeah uh and what what sort of world would that be like and then they have this like weird dystopian plot about moving your mind into different bodies yeah um yeah. i i think uh I've, I've mentioned this before my my professor who would always like push really hard uh yeah, to yeah. make sure that your like theme or story was reinforcing your games and i i uh, at the time, I often found his uh, his input tedious, uh, but <laughs> looking back, uh, I mean, I think a lot of, I don't think exclusively, but I think many of uh, the, the best games or most successful games uh, do find ways, uh, either they're integrated very closely, the theme and the mechanics, or they're mm-hmm. integrated at least to an extent that they don't feel totally divorced or it's not a situation of like, oh, this is a game that it, I really enjoy to play, but I do not care what it looks like or yeah. what the story is at all. I am playing it because I like the way it feels, and that <laughs> is that. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I, I think many of the, the best games, like, those two should reinforce each other. Sort of the two, uh, the two different genres should be either reinforcing each other or uh, creating a juxtaposition that intentionally creates a tension that you uh you know that's interesting that you're exploring yeah. that tension right um, yeah yeah i mean sometimes this is the famous the famous criticism of bioshock which i actually 
like I think it maybe partially doesn't work as a criticism, but I can mm. see how people would find it a reasonable criticism, which is that like Bioshock purports to be a game about like making hard choices about violence. Like, yeah, don't kill this little girl. Whereas mm-hmm. in fact, in playing the game, there is one way to interact with the world, which is shooting the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, that's where the phrase Ludo narrative dissonance, which I think is a way too clunky f- way of saying, <laughs> <laughs> saying the mechanics and the theme are not about the same thing. Sure. Um, most games try to like inter- interact with them and, uh, or combine them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, it's interesting because, um, I, I do think there are some genres that some mechanical genres mm-hmm. that are like more, they can, hmm, how to put this? They can like accommodate more thematic genres mm-hmm. than other ones can. Like, yeah, th- this is something I was thinking about in my blog post about stealth games mm-hmm. that like stealth games are a genre that have a pretty tight intrinsic connection between mechanics and theme. Like mm-hmm. because you're always hiding from people. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's necessarily a, a, th- a, a story about s- someone who's an outcast, someone mm-hmm. who's an underdog, someone who is uh, not allowed to be where they are. Agitators. So, agitators, uh, you know, miscreants. M- Miscreants, sometimes deviants, like that's the word like I was rebels for. or like uh, people trying to like undermine a specific social order, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, they have to be someone who is in a place they're not allowed to be. Yeah. Uh, platformers seem to be one of the most like flexible genres because it's like, I mean, they almost always tend to be a little bit like cartoonish and unrealistic because mm-hmm. when you just reduce someone to jumping, yeah. it's not very much like the world we experience every day. Yeah. But that being said, you can think of a lot of reasons why someone would be jumping. Yeah. You know, they're, Mario trying to save a princess, this yeah, space They're about person. jumping and movement, and there are a lot of reasons you would want to move between Move through places. a space, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually yeah. interesting. And I think, um, like, at a larger scale, like sort of the, the like AAA scale, you also get a lot of these uh like sort of comfortable templates like the sort of uh we talked about this a little bit uh the other week when we were talking about spider-man sort of basically being the the modern uh ubisoft uh open world uh climb towers to reveal the map and there's a billion icons like there's kind of a similar thing going on there where it's like well you can map a lot of different stories and themes Mm. into walk around in a big (laughs) world and do activities uh inside of that world that uh you know make that world better quote unquote right uh yeah so there's definitely like a lot of uh a lot of games that sort of use these frameworks because they are easy to fit things into and not yeah. because it serves what the game is. And also because they're popular and, uh, you know, you can milk a lot of, you can get a lot of, uh, gameplay time out of it, which, uh, can translate into perceived value from a consumer who you are targeting <laughs> yeah, to that's sell. True. Like, yeah, I mean, an- another thing that happens, this seems to be the Bioshock case again is like mm-hmm. sometimes, it seems like different people involved in the game were doing different things. Like, you know, mm. playing Bioshock, it kind of feels like a, a, f- I mean, a good, but mm. fairly familiar, mm-hmm. like first person shooter, uh, horror exploration, something like that. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. lot of very familiar, I mean, maybe less familiar in 2007 or eight or whenever it came out, but, mm. um, the, but then like, <laughs> Other people on the team seem to be wanting to tell stories about like uh, Anne Rand and yeah, like stuff like that. So yeah, that's I feel like that's another side effect you get of like uh, a game that two hundred people worked on. It's just like yeah, no, absolutely. There's, there's going to be a lot of on. different things pulling in a lot of different directions. Yeah, um, yeah, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting that you mentioned the the like open world tower. Mm-hmm tower thing yeah. is like something that seems to happen. And I'd be curious to, I'd be curious to like 
see someone do like a study of this, but what, what seems to happen a lot of times is like a mechanic will exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone will think up a new mechanic yeah, and then they won't feel the need to justify it in world. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just hand wave it or they'll just have it be pure interface that doesn't like, it doesn't appear in the world. It just appears out of the world. Yeah. And then like when later people do it, they like, they are like, okay, so why is this in the world? Oh, I was thinking sure. that when I was playing breath of the wild where it's like, mm. like all these, like the sort of climb a tower and explore the world. Yeah. Uh, in Assassin's Creed, you know, never really explained why there's these really convenient, identical wooden perches yeah. for you to look at things. Why everywhere. can this man <laughs> jump from 600 feet in the air and land <laughs> into in a, a tiny bale of hay? Now, don't worry about it. He can do it so you can play the game. That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Breath of the Wild, it's like it, it tries to like integrate all these like game mechanics into a sort of story about the ancient not the ancient Highland, whoever the ancient people are, like they have mm-hmm. this technology, they have like create, I thought that the, oh, the Sheikah, that's who they are. Mm-hmm. The, I thought the towers were the least convincing one, sure. but some of the other stuff wasn't so bad, like the Sheikah slate. I mean, it is just an iPad, but yeah, I didn't, I mean, I thought it was a sort of yeah. interesting way of sort of bringing your, techn- your like sure. game mechanics into the world. Yeah. And then like the towers, it's like, the Sheikah had put these towers here as a way of like collecting information about the, about the space. Yeah. And I think about the thing about breath of the wild. I mean, I can gush about that game forever. It's I just my, finished it. It's one it of my favorite games. So good. Uh, I mean, finish but, quote unquote. Yeah, sure. When do you ever really finish? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, after you get, uh, all 120 shrines and, uh, you've done every quest in the game, you know, that have you done mind. both of those things? I have, except for the, Damn. the DLC, the one DLC, that's just the like, uh, challenge rooms. I didn't finish that one because it seemed exhausting. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, how is the DLC for that game? Uh, very good. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess I know what I'm doing next. <laughs> but I was going to say about uh, Breath of the Wild is like uh, earlier when we were talking about games that like really merge those two, um, like merge their sort of thematic discussions and their or the, the thematic genre and the mechanical genre is that mm-hmm. game takes a familiar a formula that we are very familiar with at this point that many games have used ad nauseum whether or not it suited the themes of their game and they change not, it in yeah. ways that like really do make it s- like they fit that game because i think the thing they do is uh, they they uh, they blew up the, they made the map huge but rather than putting a bazillion things in it they made it empty and they made it feel yeah. like they like yeah. activity like it's weird because there's things to do in the space but it still feels open and it feels mostly deserted like there's just these little pockets and it sort of fits into the the like broad thematic thing of like this world virtually ended like it was yeah, there was yeah. a huge apocalyptic event most people are gone and there's yeah. all these like remnants of war and you're like existing in this big lonely world and they despite there being many many things to do at any given moment or like many directions to pull the player in that make it feel like you have something to do uh they also make you feel lonely and that you're out in this big vast place where most of it is uh not desolate but just uh uninhabited right yeah 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 un yeah uninhabited is definitely the word they do yeah i was thinking such a good job at that yeah they really do like Sort of the one, the common complaint, and I think it's a justified complaint of many open world games, not Breath of the Wild, but many mm-hmm. other ones, is that they just use open world as an excuse to go for a pile on attitude towards yes, their like absolutely. content. Like, what if we just did the same? And Assassin's Creed is probably the one that's most guilty of this. Like, mm-hmm. What if rather than climbing one tower, you climbed eight? What mm-hmm. if rather than saving one person from muggers, you did it? six times what if this rather than being a a bespoke very interesting activity it was a whole uh subsection of side activities of which you will do many over the course of the you know 40 hours right which is another thing breath of the wild gets out of by uh having the shrines be like bespoke puzzles with like some of them one-off mechanics and being like these small ideas as they rather than having it be like all right there's 20 uh racing missions and 20 uh tailing missions that you can go do at any time 
Uh, it's just like, here's a 120 of these things. When you go into one, you have no idea what it's going to be. Uh, and they are varied and almost all of them are interesting and cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I remember early on in that game, I was worried the shrines were going to get like really dull and repetitive, but Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some moments of that, but for the most part I was, I enjoyed like the shrines. Yeah. I mean, they do one, one little puzzle and just kind of like make that. Work yeah, that out. and they can even change it's the scale completion. of the puzzles. Some of some shrines are puzzles that take five minutes, and some take you know thirty or yeah, forty. 30. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the one thing I will say is I absolutely hated the puzzles that require you to move your controller. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't hate them. I didn't love them uh, most yeah, of the time. But they, they, they were, were few. Like they were pretty few and far between. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, anyway, wait, I had one other thought about Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah, okay. The thing I liked about Breath of the Wild is that in any individual space you were, mm-hmm. uh, there was often nothing, but you could always see something. Yes, like no matter where you're standing in that enormous mm-hmm. world, you if you turn around 360 degrees, yep. you will see something interesting. You're like, I want to go walk to that glowing light yeah. and find that, out what it is. That's kind of what I was implying with like, there's not always a billion things to do around you, but there's something pulling you in a direction. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I briefly read, I think Robert Yang did this. He did like a, uh, he like watched a GDC talk or some sort of talk by the developers. And he sort of did a, a, a summary of it and talked about a few things and his own ideas about it. And it talked about how like the first thing that they did was like, we built this huge thing and we focused really hard on how to draw people to different places and how to connect these places, excuse me, these places where you are drawn in a way that makes it so that uh, you always can go like look in a direction be like okay that's a thing i want to go do or what the hell is that yeah. i'm gonna go wander toward it uh or i've yeah. seen that something like that before and it's a thing that i thought was cool so i'm gonna go after it i mean yeah and um, i mean the whole the whole world has a great kind of like i mean it is design you can really see the way the design kind of facilitates that where like mm-hmm. any one of the divine beasts you know, they're all on the edges yep. and the, the kind of whole space is this giant valley going into the castle. So mm. I really loved like anywhere you, you go, like once you got one of the divine beasts and they're, yeah, you can you see them laser beam anywhere. was shooting towards the center and then I'd walk across the map and I could see the laser beam that I had already like activated. I don't know. It was just yeah. cool to like always oh, be able to see a huge portion so of the world good. from anywhere you were. Yeah. Oh, I could talk about it Big forever. Big fan of that game. But we should probably get back to uh, what goes up and uh, maybe maybe wrap it up. Did you have any other uh, big big thoughts? Um, I don't think I had any other big thoughts about this game. I mean, I did. Um, one thing I liked that they did was they tried to take a few of the kind of. I mean, they did this a little bit less, mm-hmm. but they took some of the some of the like other things you expect from a puzzle platformer Mm -hmm. um, and then put them in and it kind of is interesting to reconsider them for this new like way of moving. The, Mm -hmm. the big one is just like spike floors. Like that is the like puzzle. That is kind of the obstacle Mm -hmm. in puzzle platforms. It's like pits or spikes. You don't want to fall down pits and you don't want to jump on spikes. They, those things kill you. And this one, it's like, well, what if, what if falling on spikes isn't a risk, but mm. spikes constrain the way you're able to grapple through space? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it would be interesting. I mean, it seems like they, I mean, if they listen to all the their reviewers on itch, they'll probably develop this game further because people seem very enthusiastic about it. But oh, I would okay. be interested to see what other kind of like puzzle platformer tropes, if put into a world without gravity, Hmm. become become nullified become interesting in new ways interesting yeah. yeah yeah that's cool yeah i also yeah. uh really quick wanted to shout out the sound design in this game it's uh oh, yeah. understated there's no music in this game but the sound design is uh is very good it was actually like the thing that made me want to play it like i opened it up it has a nice look to it and then i started moving around and jumping in like the little it's like a lot of them just sound like a person making a sound with their mouth 
but it's uh it's very good and it does just enough of like actual sound design work of like conveying information uh and uh also enough of sounding cute that uh it's uh, a big fan big fan of that um mm. <laughs> but if that's uh if that's all you had to say i think we're ready to tell the people about what we're gonna play next week uh yes um that is all i had to say so next week we are going to play a game called hot pot hot pot hot pot uh which its description is steal food feed people uh you play as a little pot and you run through (laughs) the world stealing food i guess yeah it looks like so it's like hot pot like the i forget what uh where what culture that sort of food concept comes from but you know it's a popular uh asian food style of like you go to a restaurant and you have this sort of big bowl of broth and you like put a bunch whatever you want to put in it you put in it and then you kind of stew it up and uh, and eat your your little hot pot usually like heating it up and cooking it on your table um and so right it's sort right of like and it's you, kind of like uh like y- you kind of are invited to be creative in what you yeah exactly in, and express and so like, yourself out, with food yeah on some yeah, Anthony and Bourdain into a game. shit um, what, uh, what weird shit could you put in your pot yeah so this game looks pretty fun your little anthropomorphic hot pot run around looks like a good time you can find it at uh, raisedbywoes.itch.io slash hotpot but I mean that's a do you even know how to spell that I sure don't I'm definitely not looking at it right now uh, so you know you should just follow us on Twitter so when we tweet out a link to raisedbywoes.itch.io slash hot dash pot uh, you know you, you, it'll be you a million even, times easier you don't even have to think about Trust it us. you just have to use click on the thing and then colors appear and the hot pot it's all a great time <laughs> So follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. And uh, we'll see you in one week's time. Bye.